conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. As promised, I mentioned that I was going to do more comic book episodes after coming back from a little break from posting. So today I am joined by Richard Newby, and we are talking all about the 2014 Miss Marvel comic book series. And this was written by G. Willow Wilson. And there are numerous artists throughout these 19 issues that we're going to talk about. So we'll dive into that a little more soon. But Richard, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. And I was thrilled when I was messaging you and you were like, oh, I recently read Miss Marvel and now I'm diving into Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. And I was like, oh, those are both so good. We definitely have to talk about one or both of them. So we're starting with Miss Marvel here. And I wanted to ask you if this was your first Miss Marvel comic or had you read some of the stuff from when Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel? I had read it uh most of the Carol Danvers stuff. And then uh, in terms of Kamala Khan, like I had read some of her, you know, I knew her powers because I, I read um, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and she shows up in there sometimes. So I was familiar with the character, but I'd never read her her solo series. So this was kind of my first time, like really getting a chance to like dive into her world. Yeah, I haven't read all of the Carol Danvers stuff. I've read some of the more recent Captain Marvel stuff that Kelly Sue DeConnick did. And I am sort of a little all over the place, admittedly, when it comes to, you know, going back and reading through some of the older comics. So I am familiar with which stories are, you know, Carol Danvers stories as far as Miss Marvel goes. But I remember... When I first read this, this was a reread for me. I was just so impressed with the characterization of Kamala Khan. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's like one of the things that like really grabbed me with this. She's such a a likable, endearing character. And so is her supporting cast, I think. Yeah, with Kamala Khan, you know, it's really hard to sell people on new characters, I think, especially with Marvel and DC, because people sort of really love the status quo at times. And I think that is something that people are becoming more open to, especially when you have characters who were introduced like Miles Morales, Kamala Khan, you know, so many others have been either revamped for the present day or they're just bringing in new characters instead of replacing or changing characters that people already love. Because as we see in this comic, Carol Danvers has not gone away. She's just Captain Marvel now. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a really cool touch because I really like the legacy storytelling aspect of superheroes. Like I love it when characters kind of grow into a familiar mantle. Um, and so I think that that's really cool to see Carol Danvers becoming Captain Marvel as this kind of evolution of character and then Kamala Khan taking the Miss Marvel name, but becoming very much her own character. Uh, and I think it's also really cool that, you know, she doesn't have Carol's powers. I feel like a lot of times when you see the kind of like legacy characters, um, they have, you know, 
pretty much the same kind of uh, of uh, of powers. Like I'm, I think about um, uh, Jackson Hyde, who's a uh, Aqua Lad and about to become the new Aquaman. Um, you know, his powers are a little different from Arthur Curry's, but they're mostly the same. But like, I really like how Kamala Khan's powers are completely different from Carol's. Yeah, and we see how this all happens. You know, you have the Terrigen Mist coming in, which we don't necessarily get told that's what it is until a little later on. But at the same time, you know, for Inhumans fans, you kind of already know that's what's going on here. And I have been taking this class from Scott Snyder that he's offering through his Substack deal just on writing comics. And he kind of walked us through like the three act storyline. That's something that I definitely noticed more when reading through this because I had literally just heard him talk about it on two different occasions. And so, you know, that moment for Kamala is really just the moment of okay, this thing happened to me, I can't change it. What am I going to choose to do about it? And obviously, she chooses to do the right thing, which is always nice to see the heroes do. So for her, that was like the big turning point. And you know, that happens early on in the series, because you need it to, but you still have like, that whole first issue where you're getting to know the character, you get to see her family life, her school life, her friends and things like that. So you really have at least a little bit of time to get to know her before we see her as a hero. And I really like that. Yeah, I did too. It it really reminded me of what Stan Lee and Steve Ditko did with Spider-Man, you know, when they introduced him in Amazing Fantasy like you get a sense of who Peter Parker is before he becomes Spider-Man. And I feel like uh, G. Willow Wilson very much takes a page from that kind of method. Um, And then even in this case, like it's nice too, because it's not a, there's not a tragedy that motivates Kamala to becoming a hero. Like she's just, you know, uh, a good person, as you say, who does the right thing. Yeah. And I do want to note that Adrian Alfona Alfana, I'm not sure which one. I'm the worst at pronouncing names. I really should learn these, so I stop embarrassing myself on the podcast. But, you know, Adrian is the artist on this first story arc. And one other thing this does is, you know, 19 issues, a lot of people would think, oh, there's sort of three six to seven issue story arcs throughout, but that's really not the case with this. They'll throw in like a two issue story arc with Loki and two issues with Wolverine. And, you know, so it kind of subverts your expectations a little because you're getting four issue stories, two issue stories. I think there's like a three issue story in here. So it's kind of all over the place as far as lengths and, You know, I don't know what that meant for the trade releases necessarily, but for me, I really enjoyed that because a lot of times you'll get comics that are telling this big, super long story and, you know, you have something like the Secret Wars tie-ins in this too, and it doesn't take away from the fact that they are telling Kamala's story, and it's very, very local to Jersey City. You know, she's kind of isolated in comparison to what we see with, you know, Iron Man, Spider Man, and the characters who are more New York based. 
Yeah, it definitely, it feels intimate. Um, and I think like the arc lengths kind of reflect that too. And like, I really appreciated it. Um, you know, I, I recently got the uh, Marvel Unlimited app after you had recommended it. Um, so I read these on that. Um, and I thought that that was really nice too, because, you know, I don't always have time to read like a whole long arc, but I could just like easily like get through you know, two issues. And I, I really like flew through the series because I think that it's broken up into nice, uh, impactful chunks. Yeah, it really is. And you have some instances where, you know, the artists change pretty frequently. Adrian does come back to the series by the end of it. So it's kind of bookended with the same art. But, you know, that's something that will occasionally not thrill me because just, you know, the jump in style can be a little jarring. But when you have Jacob Wyatt come in and you have, you know, the whole little series there with her and Wolverine, and you know, that whole thing is just so great. And I think because of the way they did it and it wasn't like mid-story that the artist was changing, it was, you know, for these little side stories almost even though with the whole Wolverine and Miss Marvel team up that we get here it is contributing to the plot as a whole but for Kamala specifically it's sort of you know this very specific moment for her character and you know even though the art styles were clearly different it didn't really bother me that much and I was pleasantly surprised by that let's say (laughs) Yeah, I was too. I think that they really, you know, got the the style and the kind of body language of the characters, even though the artist changed, uh, which I feel like is sometimes difficult, like especially with like a more recent character or a more recent series. Like sometimes it's really frustrating when you just get introduced to a set of characters and then the artist changes after the first act because it's like, well, I don't really like you know, fully know these characters yet. And I want some consistency, but here I felt that they really kept it consistent. Um, And like, one of the things that I really love about this book is Kamala's body language. Like, I think that there's so much like character and personality and just like the way she moves, the way she uses her powers, like, her body language, the kind of like feeling of of awkwardness or, you know, that she hasn't completely come into her own as a superhero. And I feel like that was really consistent um, between between the artists. And I'm sure that, you know, Wilson's writing had a lot to do with that, too. But it, it was just nice to have that consistency. Yeah. And the other artist who came in for a handful of issues is Takeshi Miyazawa. And All of the artists had their style for sure, but everything fit with the story, which is why I think I didn't mind it as much. Sometimes, you know, you can tell that maybe deadlines were just crazy and someone had someone else fill in for one issue. So, you know, then it's a little more jarring because it's usually happening like mid-story or sometimes... I've noticed with certain comics, like an artist will do like four pages of a comic and then it's like the issue doesn't flow as well for me. So the fact that, you know, they were able to have a few artists 
do their own thing with this and it still worked really well was very nice and you know G Willow Wilson is also the perfect writer to bring this character to life. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so, you know, and I mean there's a lot of things, you know, about Kamala's, you know, Muslim identity that I was not aware of before and so, you know, the fact that you have uh, a Muslim writer on the book who's like adding this authenticity to it is really appreciated. Um, and I, I love those little touches, just like those cultural touches about like the food that her family makes and, you know, some of the language um, and like the importance of prayer and community leaders, like all of that was just like really nice to see. So it felt like this really fleshed out world. And, you know, sometimes like I was more interested in that than in some of the like superhero fights, just, you know, her personal relationships with her family, I just thought were so interesting. Absolutely. And it brought this authenticity to the character that maybe other writers still would have been able to bring, but maybe not quite as well. Because, you know, when you are dealing with different cultures, it's super important to get that stuff right. And we even saw you know, there were instances where stuff had to be translated into English for those of us who aren't as familiar with the culture. And I love that they included that because growing up in Southern California, there are a lot of people who speak other languages. And, you know, a lot of them do speak English as well, but sometimes they can't think of the English word for something. So they'll just say it in, you know, Spanish or Vietnamese or whatever other language they speak. And to see that come through here, it just felt so authentic to this family and the characters. Yeah. And I love the fact that they actually use the language because I feel like it'd be so easy to just kind of assume a readership and just, you know, make everything in English. But by including, you know, words outside of the English language, like it felt like an invitation to kind of bring in not only more readers, but also just like make people more aware of another culture. Absolutely. They don't leave anything out, really. You're getting all of the different aspects of it. You're getting the prayers throughout the day that they do. You're getting the fact that, you know, Kamala's parents are very protective and, you know, she can't date Bruno, for instance, and she can't even, you know, be seen with a man outside, you know, (laughs) her brother has to go with her. And it was just one of those things where, because of how authentic it was, it just resonated so well, even though it's not, you know, a culture I personally relate to. It was still something that I found enjoyable to see in the comics. Yeah. And and the other thing that I really like, too, is that it explores different aspects of the culture. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things just like as being like a, a black comic fan. One of the things that I like to talk about is how you know, people from a certain culture or race are not monolithic. And I feel like that's really well reflected in this series too, because, you know, you have not only the differences in faith between like Kamala and her brother, you know, who, who is more devout, you know, so much so that he doesn't even, you know, use a, use a bank. Um, and then you have her friend, uh, Nakia, 
you know, who wears a, a hijab, which uh, Kamala doesn't. And so I think all of those aspects are really interesting, too, because it's saying, you know, well, not all, you know, Muslims are the same and not all Pakistanis are the same. So I think that that is a really nice touch, too, uh, in terms of like inviting people into, uh, you know, this larger world and just like reflecting on a different culture. Yeah. And obviously, people really enjoyed the introduction to this character, which is why we are in the future getting a Miss Marvel show. And, you know, you have the fact that some characters you just get this first impression from that is so amazing. And, you know, like I said, we have 19 issues here. And while the story focuses largely in Jersey City, you still have her going to New Adelan. You have her interacting with Inhumans. Captain Marvel stops by and pays her a visit. And she is going after the inventor, which is, you know, something that's happening slightly outside of Jersey City, but largely affecting her city, which is why she is so adamant about going after the inventor. And just that passion that she has for Jersey City of all places, you know, <laughs> it's just so nice to see because how many times have we seen New York or LA in the case of West Coast Avengers get destroyed and, you know, all of that stuff. It's nice to sort of go outside of the cities and see what's happening with other people. For sure. And like as someone who uh, used to live in New York, I really appreciated the uh, the jokes about Jersey and like how New Yorkers see it because it's very much true of like Jersey just being kind of this like, you know, afterthought, like nobody wants to go to Jersey, but I like love the the passion for it and also like the attention to uh the community there i thought that was really cool um and like also just like the fact that there's such an attention placed on like shop owners and that kind of thing like i thought that was really cool too like you really feel this sense of of community there like even like from like the hot dog stand worker that she like frequents and like knows by name like it's just like it feels like this really close-knit uh, connection of all these people who are just like really proud of the city, but also just like contributing in ways that I think that, you know, comic books don't always focus on. I don't think that, you know, we always get a chance to see, you know, just some of the day-to-day workers or blue-collar workers, like so much in comic books is kind of focused on, you know, like board members or like people who, running Stark Tech or rich Wayne people. Enterprises. <laughs> yeah, rich people. And so, like, I love the fact that, you know, it's bodega shop owners and, like, hot dog stand guys. Like, I think that's really cool. Yeah. And you have Bruno, who works at, like, the quick stop, essentially, <laughs> in the neighborhood. Yeah. And his brother is someone who frequently screws up. You know, we see Vic get into trouble, which is how the whole inventor storyline starts. And, you know, we're talking a little more broadly here because I do want to, you know, get into some spoilers, but also encourage people to read it. So maybe now is a good time for some more spoiler warnings, I guess, if you haven't read it. I've been terrible at giving those. But for you, Richard, what is it about this story in particular that just, you know, kind of made it so fun to keep going with? Was it the 
cameos, like I mentioned earlier, from Wolverine, Loki, and Captain Marvel? Or was it more specifically about Kamala and what she was going through? What what was it for you that kept you reading through all 19 issues? It was mostly about Kamala. Like, I just, I fell in love with the character um, and just the goodness of her. Like I said before, like, it, it very much reminded me of the reasons of why I fell in love with, with Peter Parker. Uh, and I've been reading Spider-Man for so many years. Like, there's just, there's something comforting about the character um, and also, I think inherently comic booky. Like even like you get into like her powers, the polymorph powers to embiggen. Like I feel like those are the kind of powers that like you don't really see anymore. Like they'd be popular probably in like the fifties or sixties, but I feel like now everything has kind of become uh, so grounded and so based in like you know, science that I feel like to see just like a really like wild out there power was really cool. And also like the inventor as well. I mean, like what a crazy, crazy villain concept of just like uh, Thomas Edison clone who <laughs> you're you know, a bird. Yeah. gets like m- genetically mixed up with a bird and has a bird head. I mean, that's just like so weird and wild. And I feel like it's the kind of stuff that, you know, comics don't really like go there anymore. And I think that, you know, it, the book is not afraid to be silly at times, but also like rooted in grounded emotions. So it's like, you know, I think sometimes it's like, well, we need to ground the superheroes and the powers of it. And it's like, well, no, this, you know, this goes absolutely wild with that. But like, let's ground it in like real emotions and real family dynamics and real culture. So then that way, when you get to the superhero stuff, like it's just really like kind of off the wall fun. Look, a Thomas Edison clone with a bird head is something that would literally only happen in Jersey. So, you know, we all know it's true. It's very accurate. (laughs) Maybe Florida. (laughs) I'd like to see a Florida superhero. That'd be that'd be one. (laughs) That would be very interesting. Yeah, I think so. But with Miss Marvel, what I really enjoyed was, you know, it was really this sort of coming of age story for her and you throw powers into the mix and she's trying to figure it out. Of course, also love the lockjaw appearance, you know, always good when a big teleporting dog shows up. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was a really cool thing too. Like I, I love the inhuman connections. Um you know, especially because, you know, it came at a time when Marvel was really pushing the inhumans. Um and it was kind of gonna be the next big thing. I think partially because, you know, there was gonna be a movie and then that didn't happen and there was that T V show that uh is not really worth talking about. But <laughs> um <laughs> You know, it, it's interesting that it came at a time where there's such a push for the humans and like that's kind of subsided, but like Kamala Khan has remained, which just like kind of shows the investment uh built in the character. Uh, you know, I feel like she's like one of the the main staples remaining from Marvel's kind of big and human initiative. Yeah, and they literally just like drop Queen Medusa into this and they're like yeah we're not really going to go into this and at the same time they don't really need to you know they give us enough of 
Queen Medusa's contributions to Kamala's life in general. And, you know, Kamala chooses to go back to Jersey, Jersey City instead of staying. And you understand why. And, you know, then you have this instance where she meets this guy who is the son of an old family friend of her parents. And, you know, this is where we see the culture come into play again, because we're like, oh, they're trying to set her up, but also not yet because she's 16. (laughs) And, you know, we see how that takes a turn for the worse. And the way they end issue 19 is just so up in the air. And, you know, we do get told which issues are Secret Wars tie-in issues. But at the same time, you know, I'm someone who is not super huge on comic book events because of the large amount of tie-in issues that they tend to have. But none of these issues really felt like tie-in issues. Did it feel that way for you too? You know, it, it really didn't feel like, hey, this is like a lead into a big event. It just felt like, you know, here are our teenagers and their family members like grappling with the potential end of the world. And like, I, I thought that those were such like emotional issues. You know, like, like you said, like it didn't feel like an event, like it felt really personal. Um, and I think that those are some of the, the best issues of the, of the series. Like, even though it's like, you know, winding down this first volume of Miss Marvel, I think that there are so many impactful moments um, you know, between Kamala and her mother and her brother and, uh, you know, her friends and, and you know, Zoe kind of having evolved from the, the high school bully that she was at the end of the series. Like, I think there's so many great moments in those last few uh, tie-in issues. There really are. And because it doesn't lean super heavily into Secret Wars, it kind of leaves everything open-ended. Like, you know, it makes us believe that the world ended, but it's comics. We know that's never the case. So, you know, even when the world ends, they're all still brought back to life somehow. And just the fact that it ends with her sort of having this heart to heart with Bruno, which we've basically been waiting for since, you know, the first few issues there, we knew it was coming. And they did get a chance to really wrap up this story nicely, which another thing that you don't always get from comics depending on what happens with you know right. certain series so yeah even though it felt like a weird number of issues for it to be 19 instead of you know like 18 or 20 or something it, yeah <laughs> it did wrap up nicely and obviously you know Kamala comes back with another series shortly after this one but really this was just such a good introduction to the character her life what her friends are like. And you even see her go through all of these emotions because she really likes Cameron when she's introduced to him and she's like head over heels. And then she comes back to reality when he's the villain. And it's not even that there was like this huge, massive villain throughout the entire 19 issues. They sort of gave us these bite-sized chunks with the inventor and then with Cameron and some of the other Inhumans who were, you know, like doing all of these weird things that 
were never really made clear, but at the same time, they just had like this big villain lair and they were holding her hostage. Yeah. And that kind of told us everything we needed to know. We didn't necessarily need the details and they didn't need to be, you know, a Doc Ock or Thanos or one of those huge, massive villains. Yeah, you know, that that's exactly what I was about to say. Like, it's it's kind of refreshing that, you know, there's no Green Goblin figure who's just kind of, like, tormenting her throughout the, the course of the series. Like, I like that the villains are almost secondary because I, I do think that, you know, as much as, you know, we're drawn to superheroes, I think that so often we're also drawn to the villains and sometimes the villains can be more exciting than the heroes. I mean, like you look at, you know, Batman comics for the last several decades and really like the Joker is selling like a huge amount of those Batman books so much so that like, he's almost kind of like superseded Batman in terms of the interest. Um, And it's the same with other characters too. Like you get so many like, arcs that are you know driven by the return of you know doc ock or or venom or whatever but like i thought it was really cool that like this time you have a series where you know you love the hero because you love the hero not you know you love them because of the villain that they're fighting yeah i think they really set that up well with miss marvel and you know one last thing i want to ask you about richard what did you think of the whole costume sort of story arc, because the costume really did get like its whole whole own little story arc here. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a fun touch. Um, I liked the evolution of that, and I did like the kind of like science aspect of like Bruno figuring out like you know what kind of material would work with the the polymorph stuff, um, and then that was really cool too. Just like to see the kind of like you know teenage genius kind of figuring this out um you know i thought that was cool because like so much so now you know it's relying on as you said before like rich people and so like i really like the fact that it's just like really like you know feet on the ground like getting your hands dirty kind of you know science and ingenuity and so i feel like that really fit with the um you know working class tone of the series and also just like with the the nature of jersey itself yeah and It reminded me of Spider-Man a lot, Peter Parker in particular with his origin and how, you know, he was trying to help out Aunt May. So he was working multiple jobs and, you know, he was kind of doing everything himself before, you know, we had ever seen him have this sort of relationship with Iron Man that he comes to have later on in the comics. But, you know, that DIY element to it just made it so much fun. And Richard, I want to give you a chance to mention anything else about this series that you maybe wanted to pinpoint and talk about a little more? Yeah, I I really liked the mosque interactions with, uh, I believe it's Sheik Abdullah. I thought that those were really interesting touches and and, and conversations as well. Um, You know, just to kind of like dig deeper into her faith and such. And like, I, I, I continued after this first volume and read you know, the, the other series following Miss Marvel. Um, and I think that relationship becomes 
even more interesting. But yeah, just kind of like what I said, like I, I really love the supporting cast. You know, sometimes I think that supporting cast kind of become lost in superhero books or they're inconsistent. Like you get introduced to like a love interest or a friend and they're there for a few arcs and then another writer takes over and they just like disappear. Uh, and that's something that's always really frustrated me about comics because I like that relationships like build and grow and change over the course of a number of issues. Um, and I feel like this series like really did that and really took a hold of that. Like even like with her relationship with Nakia, like I thought that was really interesting as well because you have someone who, you know, she's been friends with since grade school and just the idea of them kind of uh, drifting apart when Kamala becomes Miss Marvel and just like finding a way to, you know, reconnect again and Kamala like admitting, you know, that she hasn't actually like been the kind of friend that she should have been and, and let her friends in, in the way that she needs to. Like all of those interactions and touches are so interesting and so human. Um, and I think that's, you know, the thing that, that really made me love the series is that it feels so uniquely human. It really does. And, you know, I like to do some recommendations at the ends of episodes now. So, Richard, if people want to read more comics or read more about Miss Marvel in general or anything that you think is, you know, relevant, what would you recommend they also check out? Yeah, so um, G. Willow Wilson followed up this series with a 38-issue run of Miss Marvel, which is also really great. You know, the same consistency, uh, character exploration. You see some eventual conflict between her and Carol Danvers uh, when Civil War II happens. Um, and that's also, you know, really interesting because that's another big Marvel event. And yet those tie-in issues, you know, don't really feel overloaded by the event. Like they recognize that the event is happening, but so much of it comes down to Kamala's own personal experience. Um, and then the, the there's a most recent series, um, The Magnificent Miss Marvel, written by uh, Saladin Ahmed, who's also writing Spider-Man Miles Morales. And that went for 18 issues. Um, and that kind of explored some different powers that Kamala kind of develops um, and also introduces another... Um, Muslim superhero. Um, so I recommend all of those series. Um, I think there's a, there's a mini series that's coming out uh, next year in time for the show, like a five issue series, but uh, she currently doesn't have an ongoing, um, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, and I'm hoping that they start one up again in time for the show. Uh, Cause I, I just think that she's a really great character. Um, she's currently appearing in the champion series, um, which is kind of uh, a group of, of young superheroes who used to be Avengers, but now they've spun off into their own thing. Uh, it's her and uh, Miles Morales and Nova. And so she's appearing there. But yeah, I, I really hope that there's another ongoing soon because I miss uh, seeing a lot of these characters. I mean, like I, I flew through uh, all three volumes of this series and I'm ready for I'm ready for more. Yeah, I will admit that I still have to, you know, go back and 
finish those other two series. I believe I started the second G. Willow Wilson run, and I probably fell off somewhere around the Civil War II diet issues, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but my recommendation is to check out Kelly Sudaconic's Captain Marvel run, which also was in 2014. I think, you know, it'll just kind of give you a good idea of what Carol Danvers was like during sort of this same time period here, a little more than, you know, what we see in this series. But yeah, I am glad you picked up Marvel Unlimited because for me, it's just been a fantastic resource in general. And because I've been doing Chat Cemetery and reading all things Stephen King, I admittedly haven't made as much use of it for the last two years, probably, as I would have liked, but I've still managed to read enough to justify the yearly cost of it. And, you know, it's just so easy to get lost in certain characters and series in Marvel Unlimited. And that's really why I always recommend it when I can. <laughs> Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And like, so before, like I used to buy, I mean, I still buy trades for a lot of things and single issues, but, um, you know, I, I have a, a two-year-old at home um, and, you know, he gets very handsy with books. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's been nice to have them available on my phone. Uh, it's made, you know, reading a lot easier. Like I can do it any any time of day. I don't have to like just do it when he's sleeping because I'm afraid that he's going to like tear a page out. <laughs> so yeah, I've been able to get a lot more reading done and just like having been covering the, the MCU shows for THR, like it's been such an incredible resource um, to just like really read a massive amount of, of comics before a show starts. Um, and a lot easier than just like my previous method of going to a bunch of different comic shops and trying to hunt down certain issues. Yeah, that is the nice thing about digital, for sure. And, you know, maybe when your kid is a little older, you can introduce them to some of the more kid-friendly comics on Marvel Unlimited, because they definitely have, you know, like a ton of those cute little superhero comics that are, you know, even as an adult, fun to read, I think. And, yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about the uh, status of your books. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But Richard, thank you so much for joining me. Like you said, people can find you on THR, Hollywood Reporter. I will have a link to your writer profile in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to plug real quick? Um, yeah, I, I also have a um, collection of short stories out. Um, I, I talked about it previously on your on your podcast, uh, We Make Monsters Here. Um, and the, the link to that, the Amazon link to that is on my Twitter profile, which is at Richard L. Newby. It's a collection of horror stories, just kind of delving into the concerns and fears of the 21st century. Definitely check that out too. And I'll be sure to have all of those links in the show notes for everyone. And Richard, I'm sure you will be back soon for more comic book discussions. I have really enjoyed just sort of getting back into the groove of reading comics. And sometimes it's nice to have a reread to get you back into things. Yeah, for sure. I, I really appreciate you having me on again. I, I always love being on the show. I think the conversations are always really interesting and fun. Well, I greatly appreciate that. And to our listeners, I hope you are enjoying the new episodes since we've been back from break. And if you have any suggestions on comics you would love for me to cover, definitely hit me up on Twitter. You can 
do that at all of the links in the show notes again. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at Geekdom Pod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.